Hey pals, hope you're surviving, hope you're doing well. Welcome to Let's Talk Show Business. This is my podcast, I'm Hannah, I'm a training performer and I'm speaking to people within the industry that I want to go into and also my pals and peers who are doing the same thing as I am. Hope you had a lovely Tuesday. This is coming to you a day late because of recent events in the world surrounding like the Black Lives Matter movement and all of that shebang and I... I'm hopeful that you took that Tuesday to take some time off social media, educate yourself a little bit about the subject. I have been doing that um, and I am a bit shocked, a bit horrified and doing things to be the best ally that I possibly can be. Um, is there anything I want to say? My friends at Out the Attic are doing a book swap. If you're interested, I will... I've already reposted that so if you check my old Instagram stories I'll put it on a saved story so you can see that and link up to that if you want to do that and um uh what else there are loads of free resources online um if you are well no not even if you're a white person if you're any colored person I'm doing this thing at the moment it's a workbook uh from one of the books that has been recommended around it's called me and white supremacy and there's a workbook a free online pdf that you can go through there's a 28 day challenge whatever i'm i was about to say i'm not needing to be preachy but honestly at this point it just needs to be said and the more people who are saying it the better um away from that let's get into the actual talk i'm talking with my friend leah today we got very deep about lots of weird and random stuff and I was listening back to some of it while I was editing this and I was like why did I say that so honestly take everything I say with a pinch of salt and to be honest I feel like Leah would say exactly the same but also now I'm just apologizing for what I'm saying I said this at one point and here we go with another apology um the audio on my side is a bit crackly very sorry but I hope that you can bypass that and just listen to the conversation and I will see you at the end. Have a lovely time, you know. Bye-bye. So what what have been your two other Zoom calls today? Uh, so the first one was with the group. The Both of them have been with people at Alora. The first one was... Um, we were... <laughs> so, f- f- like, for the first couple of weeks at Alora, we're studying um, people, places and things... I have you love seen it, that Duncan McMillan? It's such a good play. Um, but one one of the things we have to do is we have to create like a presentation about different things. So one group has got the character of Emma. One group has got the character of Mac. My group has got sound, lighting, staging, and all that. But the teacher wants doesn't want us to do like an actual presentation, like just talking to the camera. She wants us to create like an immersive experience. What? Yeah. Do you want me to show you what? Um, this is one of the videos that we've done. Should I, yes. should I sh- screen share? Um, oh my it's, god, it's... go ahead, Leah. <laughs> I'm recording, it's... so I'll get this recorded. Uh, I mean, you won't... It's literally a visual thing, so I'm, I'm so sorry. No one will really understand it, but... Okay, don't, I'll, I'll explain it, and then if you send it, I can put it on my Insta. Ooh, yes. And it, it's sort of... Um, I mean, without much context, no one will really get it, to be honest, but it's like a, a st- it's to represent how we imagine a stage and so it kind of is supposed to look like a white, you know, like a, a very basic stage, so like with big set. imposing walls 
Uh, so it's yeah, a box sort of stage, and and then this, it's got sort of like cage bars around it. So it's sort of like presenting, representing being in a rat's cage because like, Duncan McMillan took a lot of inspiration, I think, this but um from um the trials done by a scientist somewhere, someplace that I've forgotten his name, but he tested rats in a cage, you know, in terms of addiction. And the, yeah. um, in the past experiments on rats and drugs always concluded that when there were drugs present, the rats would take it. But this scientist, I don't know who it is, it's so bad of me, but you can Google it really easily. He realised that um, the tests that they'd done had always put rats in a really certain condition, which was in a very empty cage with nothing to do. And mm. and literally that is its only option. So what this new scientist did was he, he had two experiments um, and he put the rats in a place, a, a sort of a big rat heaven esque kind kind of place and um the so it had loads of his friends to talk with and mate with you know what i mean what well, to talk I'm sorry, to squeak I just with. want to say the fact that you just said the word rat heaven and it's my <laughs> new favorite phrase and i'm gonna use it every single day yes. i'm in rat heaven <laughs> sorry <laughs> Carry on, sorry i interrupted you no, no you don't apologize don't apologize for anything uh, you do leah that's the first rule of acting same no, to you what do i know <laughs> a lot and um yeah and it's sort of like a a rat heaven <laughs> and um it loads of friends and it the the rat had the option of water and um the drug filled substance and the rats like most of the pretty much nearly all the time when they had the sort of uh, things to do a nice uh, habitat friends to play and mate with would always go for the water and not the drugs and so, like, he kind of, Duncan McMillan kind of makes references to this research a little bit in the place, so we sort of try to emulate it with our own staging of it. But anyway, Aww. that's, like, a very... It's actually not that good, but it's sort of like an animation to start it with. I'm just going to play okay. it, and no one's going to understand it. it, but... um, Okay. Oh, oh. I just need to... Oh, go away. Slideshow... From beginning, it's, it's got some music. It's a PowerPoint presentation, yes. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Can you hear the music? Oh. One of my friends made bit. this music. Oh my gosh, it's fancy. Oh, I like that. It's a very good animation, that. Disassociation, dot, dot, dot. <gasps> oh my God, the curtains have opened. <laughs> this is incredible. And this is like the nightclub sort of part of it. Oh yes, that's quite enjoyable. Oh, it's smashed! That's that's literally it. But that's like the start. Um, oh, how do I stop the show? What class is that for? Um, oh, there it is. Um, so th that's for um, that's part of our acting class. So we're also doing a duologue from uh, people, places and things as well. And it's only a practice for an actual, our uh, big play um, from weeks four to t 11 or something. This, so this is just for the, the first three weeks of term. Right, and then for the rest of it, are you working on the whole of people, places and things then? Are you? No, so the, for the rest of the term, um, the main thing, the main play we're looking at for, for one of our classes 
we're looking at so many plays at the moment. Um, is Widows? Um, I think it's by Ariel Dorfman. I'll just check actually. Um, Widows play. Ariel Dorfman. Yeah, it is. It's actually really good. I'm excited to do it. But yeah, I love people, places, and things. So I was so excited when we got to do it. I love that too. There was um. You've just got to you've got to work with some really just like strong female what's the word? Yes. Strong female plays this year. And I bet that's down to Jane Courtney, who's the head yes. of our She's a strong independent female. Because I know that you did blank, which Jane also recommended for me to read. By the way, people listening in, I feel like it's weird when I say that. People <laughs> listening in. For the people who don't know, Jane Courtney is the head of BA Alra. She's also the queen of life yes. and she keeps recommending this play called blank and it is like one of my favorite plays now i do love oh. it by alice birch it's incredible <laughs> love her and love blank <laughs> <laughs> and also love you leah edelston i love you too <laughs> oh. she is she's so, um so you're on ba acting now at Alloway North. Yes, and indeed. we uh, you did the foundation there as well. Yeah. What's the difference? Because I know for some people they say that like after doing a foundation they can find first year quite slow, and they're like, oh, I've already done this. How has it been for you? Is it ah the major differences between a foundation and a first year course? Uh, what I found was the first year in the first year mm-hmm. of the BA is the first term in the first year I'd say is is pretty much a recap on the foundation I'd say so when you do a foundation course what I'd compare it to is literally the first term of a BA except even with the BA you pretty much also get to do extra classes as well so for Alra, um, you've got a lot of, especially a lot of the technique classes, like uh, technical voice, um, voice into text, creative movement, pure movement. So you get a lot of the technical classes, but things like accent uh, and articulation classes, we've only got in the BA course. And the, the, the BA course also, it offers so many more different classes the, the more you get into it, so to speak. So like this term, we started with a creative storytelling class um and that's yeah it's cool and through movement as well which is interesting and that is like we we wouldn't do that on the the foundation you know um because obviously it's three years so you're gonna get yeah. more classes um which is really good but yeah so I I would always recommend the BA from what I've experienced so far because for me it's a really nice recap the first term I don't think it's slow I experienced it completely differently because even though uh, like a lot of the classes and stuff that I, I might have been more familiar with, it is for me in a lot more detail. But because you're with different people, I think that's one of the biggest things on the BA. And where I realise sometimes like, oh, last year when I did that, when I, when I was playing uh, Air last year, <laughs> um, I, we, we did it like that in my class. In, in the foundation class, but in the first year class, we did it differently. And there's not, neither is saying which way is better or worse. It's just the people really make yeah. the experience differently. So classes that I'd already been a part of, um, 
they, they were obviously given into more detail as well, but they also, the people completely changed it and added to the experience. It was actually really nice and I felt like I, I learned even more from it because you, you see the different mm-hmm. perspectives. But then when you get into t- term two and immediately from there, there's like n- nothing really. Obviously the technical classes carry through, but by that point you're, you're further into them anyway. So, so first term mostly like... Yeah, that's how I describe it. Like technical and skills then, and you don't really do... Or do you apply... Or do you already start applying it to like theatrical pieces? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! I actually um no. So you do apply it. You uh, you apply it to text. I'm trying to remember <laughs> much of first term. To be honest, it's mad how much you like you the terms definitely yeah. blend into one. I'd say term one is definitely the most sort of skill centric. To be, they're all very skill centric though. It's just. The more you go along, the more you can apply the skills to text mm-hmm. because you're further yeah. along into it. I know exactly you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'd say, like, this term already is the heaviest text-wise. I was, just, I was literally just thinking back to, like, the start of yeah my foundation, I guess. And, like, obviously I don't know because I've not started a BA acting course or anything like that, but the... Not yet. Not yet. Dot, 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 dot. But um, there's... Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. But, like, that first... Literally, that first week that we were there, like, you think... I, I guess, like, when you're in, like, college or, like, if you haven't, like, experienced that level of training or that type of training, you, you don't really know what to expect. And it's really weird because we spent literally the first week or so and we didn't I feel like we didn't act for two weeks if you get what I mean we didn't actually do any yeah like I'm doing bunny yeah, quotes. the actor we didn't do anything we literally just were like being in a room for like five hours a day six hours was it six <laughs> it was like nine till four so longer than that no nine it was like till five however many hours in a day we were just like d- existing in a room with people About seven, doing eight. really fun things, but it's so it's it's weird to like if you try to explain it to like a college student, you just be like, you just you don't do anything, but you, you you're doing things, but you don't feel like you're doing acting. You're just kind of being, if that makes any sense. It's true because I think. I think the first sort of couple weeks that and moments they have with you are very much about you becoming comfortable with yourself and your body and your voice because that's then the stepping stone. And then the from there, finding like more neutrality. So mm-hmm. seeing like things like your habits that you don't realise. So for example, like I talk very much with at the back of my, my voice, at the back of my throat. So I, and I never realised that. And... So it's difficult to sort of do like typical acting things first when when they're sort of getting you to realise your habits and saying neither is wrong and neither is right. But it, it's interesting because the, the classes that you can do with that mm-hmm. take a lot of time because you have to... It's teaching people to 
to learn, learn about, about sorry that's so cheesy just you know like, what i mean to learn it's teaching about people about themselves self, self-discovery <laughs> self-exploration but <laughs> like as cheesy as it sounds that's what it is <laughs> it is and it, it is it is cheesy but it is it's it's interesting because the, the, like Can things I... you do that you don't realize that you do like and it's going into detail and realizing oh that that's good because of this this and it makes you unique but that can also prevent you from playing roles in the future so from the like it's even though this is good for certain characters, we're also going to teach you to mm-hmm. speak forward in your voice. Um, so then you can play other characters, mm-hmm. and then we're going to speak and teach you like to speak from a different resonance. In, when you, um, I feel so, like oh, I've had this conversation already, but the, it, our education system kind of blankets people <laughs> to think of right and wrong. When honestly, in the world, there is no right and wrong. There is just your preference. I think. One of the biggest things as well in terms of the education system is teaching people yes. that it's oh, it's wrong to fail, that. which it isn't because I think the only way to yeah the only way to to improve heard, is is to oh my God, keep I heard failing until you find um, someone on like the news and it was about it was talking about schools reopening soon or something like that and they were like this is such a crucial part of the ch- the, our kids like lives like this could be the difference between success and failure and i was like but like who's to say yeah. what success and failure is for one and second of all who's to say that failure mm. might lead to success so yeah there's that's the thing failure always will lead to success because everyone will fail you're not gonna go through life not failing and if you haven't if you have managed to do no. that you're not really living a life because you're not doing anything you know everything that's worth you've doing something you've got to fail and the thing is it's it's this whole belief that failure it's very much like it's a pejorated a word a it's very much like yeah and no, it, it's it it's not <laughs> it's it's just it's it's, the, it it's is. failure is essentially just learning that's and learning is seemed as deemed as a good thing, but I think because at, at high school and stuff it's all very much about grades, that failure and and success seem like two mm-hmm. very definitive things and ideals. Where it's actually not as straightforward as that. And the thing is, what gets me more than anything is when people are like, "Oh well, if you is people's ideas of failure." So like the thing like, "Oh, when you're older, you're gonna end up." working uh, as, as, a, as a bin man because you don't work what hard really but what's wrong being with being a bin, being a bin man? man you know what I mean like what if that's what you want to do you know what I mean and like what's to say mm-hmm. that every career is vital you know what I mean so everyone's exactly. essentially extremely relevant and important so the, yeah there's there isn't anything to do with failure and success no it's, just, it's no it makes i don't know what i'm even on about i was just and i think it's <laughs> my a really personal opinion it's a conversation that i've been having a lot to be honest i've have been having it a lot with myself because sometimes even if you, you come out of i don't know yeah you uh, at the moment it's doing self-tapes you, you're doing a self-tape and it's like why can't i do it right and you're like yeah. no it's not that you're not doing it right it's not that you're like a failure or like you're not going to be successful if this self-tape goes wrong it's just a learning experience and if you're uh, the most important things are if we're 
if we're talking in the sense of what we want to do, is so long as like a, a story is being told and it's being told clearly, I think you're doing your job. Yeah. Hmm. I think if we had um we had someone on at Alra at the moment, we've been doing like these enrichment things where we have like people, I know I've seen um, who and you had fucking Amelda Stoughton on have you my god I, I was I was uh, yeah Jenny, we did I didn't want to brag Leah's about it but... was texting me about it and she was like look who, who you had on today and I was like what the fuck sorry everybody but fuck Amelda Stoughton yeah. is like, literally one of my favorite <laughs> actresses ever I saw but, her yeah. in Gypsy when I was 15 and it's literally the only time I've ever come out of a theater and I've not oh. been able to speak I was like so shook by that performance. Like Aww. it still like rings with me to. It was five years ago, but it rings She's with amazing. me. She's amazing. I can like I can I like I can imagine it so vividly. Like the moment, like she, I I vividly remember her doing like one sound or just like one moment, and I just saw her body crumble, and I was like, "You broke me. You've broken me." And I remember like tears streaming down my face. Yeah. It was incredible, amazing. She's amazing. Oh, that's we had a husband as well at the same time, Jim Carter, and he like, oh. <laughs> yeah, he he was in Downton Abbey. He's, success, he's both of them are really successful. But yeah, but <laughs> success, but successful. But su- I feel word, like yeah. success can still be a good word, even though failure isn't. I think success and failure aren't the the declared as like opposites of each other when they're really not. Success is is managing to achieve something yeah. after lots of failure I love success that. is a result of that. failure you know what i mean but <laughs> but one of the the people that we've had at the one of the at the zoom calls that we've had with these um working actors one of the actors um essentially said to us if you stay around long <laughs> no, I enough heard about that you'll make it because this is you what happens I mean? so i'm doing a, a visual here but you can't see it. So when you're starting your career, you have to imagine it's like a pyramid. So you're at the <laughs> bottom of your pyramid and there are going to be so many graduates, so many of you. And obviously some of those graduates are going to get jobs like straight away and they're going to be just plucked out. And then other graduates obviously aren't going to get jobs because if we look at it, 10% of our industry is working at one time. So that might mean they have to go and work in a different industry for a little bit or they have to go and make their own work for a little bit. But then slowly, as um, or that the other option is they completely just decide it's not for them and they fall out. And then the, as you get older, the pyramid just becomes a bit smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where you're like 40, 50 and probably half the people have dropped out. And that's the opportunity when it starts to get a bit smaller. And actually at that point, some <laughs> people who dropped out at the start might come back. And then, like, like, actually, there's something here that I want to actually, like, go into and, like, that they could work from from there. Because uh, one of the sh- the tough things about it is that our, um, uh, f- what was I trying to say? I've completely forgotten a thought because I just was like, I completely just took over your conversation. <laughs> what were you going to say? No, no, you you said one of the things that... 
uh, I, I'd already said that the people, the people who gra- like who dropped out, like when they graduated, might come back to the. T- oh yeah, that's the other thing that uh, with our industry, it is like so much of it can be about what you look like and how you present yourself. And yeah, say you are a twenty-two-year-old, but you don't look twenty-two, and you look like quite a bit older, or well. I don't know if there'd be a 22-year-old who'd look older than their playing age, but, like, say you were, like, gone to drama school a bit later, you were, like, say, 26, 27, and, or you just entered the industry at 27, but you'd look older and you wouldn't be going forward for roles that a typical, like, 27-year-old would be going forward for. If you don't look like that and there's just not a place for you in the industry, you will find it really tough, but it doesn't mean that you might come back in five years and you might be perfect for your playing age and playing type and you might just get loads of work i think one of the major things is as well is that everyone Mm. is entirely castable um even it is dependent on look but that doesn't mean that you should look a certain way if anything the way you look is is your marketing point so you know the difference the reason that I have a broad Wigan accent might actually be a good thing, not just, you know, like a... a, yep. a ba- like, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. everything everything about you is marketable. The fact that you look like the very... Like, I look like the typical average height, average blonde mm-hmm. is, is... It can be a good thing, but it, you know, it can put me forward for roles, it... it it can make me challenge yeah. stereotypes as well as apply to them. So I don't think anyone should ever worry about how they look because mm-hmm. everyone is castable. I think... So for, the only thing you can really... And there's nothing you can do about your look unless you get mm-hmm. yeah. tattoos, accessories, you know what I mean? And th- even then, that doesn't... like Again, exactly, that makes yeah. it castable in different platforms. So I feel like the only thing we the thing that we have to worry about more than anything is that we're ready for yeah. when the call comes for our 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 face and our body you know so that's why we we train at drama school we we work on technique we try things and we try <laughs> and we, we try fail again. and we fail and we fail because <laughs> that's it's... do you remember yeah. oh you didn't go to my high school but um I, I remember this was just as i was leaving i never got the talk about the whole but um they like they they talked about every learning experience as if yep the teacher chucks a student into a big fat hole and then slowly the student has to climb their way out of the hole (laughs) to try and solve the problem then once they've solved the problem they come out of the hole and the teacher pushes them back in (laughs) that is basically the (laughs) the what's it called the the christian values at my old school not getting into that (laughs) <laughs> I just realised how that's funny. Yeah, yeah. true. I suppose that's life. You just work as well. it out, and then life comes back, and it shoves you back in the hole. <laughs> there's always like there's always challenges in life, yeah. and I think that's what keeps it interesting, though, as well. And some challenges are better than others. There yeah. are some challenges you don't want to face. Well, sometimes life just, sh- just thro- throws a challenge at you, and you just know. kind of have to. It's like, it's like, oh, here we go. Have a ball, have a ball, have another ball. And then you're juggling and you don't even know how <laughs> yeah, to juggle. Oh, no. 
Yeah. And then there was some, like, sometimes you seek challenge us with acting. <laughs> we don't want to make was life easy. Was there anything that Imelda <laughs> or Jim said that really mm. stuck with you? Oh, a lot of what they Did said is difficult to, like, summarise. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I wrote notes, actually. That's proper bad of me, isn't it? I think I did. Well, you just want to be in the moment like with them, not because yeah. I just wanted to keep I would looking do, yeah, at if them. If I got the chance to chat to Amelda yeah. Staunton, even if it was just were... I was one of 200 in a room with Amelda Staunton, I would just be like grasping onto every single word she said. I think one of the big things that they sort of highlighted to me, Amelda and Jim, was the how how different everyone's processes are mm-hmm. and how different everyone's experiences are. Yeah. Because they were going on about they like one of the questions someone asked was about how they sort of um came into the industry and both have very very different backgrounds like Imelda trained at drama school whereas Jim uh, went to university dropped out um because he was studying something that he just lost interest in and started with repertory theater and stuff and both come from like a very strong theater background and both said they found it very important for, for training and both actually admitted like um Imelda especially went into it about how like she made so many like choices that she regrets with with acting you know like with theatre choices character choices mm-hmm. and said she like she she made she performed so <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to say it. I don't want to say the word badly but she said like she didn't like something that perform. she wasn't proud of yeah, like she said, she she made so many mistakes and she, like, you know... Failures. Made some really awful... Yeah, failures. Like, she failed so many times, but that was one of the greatest experiences for her because it was all about learning. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone could ever say Imelda Staunton is, is bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she's phenomenal. And, and Jim was going on about, like, how... For him, it, it was just learning and being there, and one of the best ways for him to learn was to just be in the industry yeah. and surround himself by people and practice and practice. And I do, yeah. I completely <laughs> understand that because, like, I've I've taken, a, a, I'm really grateful, I guess, that I've I've been well privileged enough because, like, it's a privilege to go to drama school. There are so many people who can't even fund that. Mm, like yeah. and to be able to do a foundation you've got to be pretty privileged like yeah you to Forget be able it, to yeah. even fund it like and i'm i'm so grateful that i've had supportive parents who have been able to give me loans and stuff like that and that i've had money given to me when i was younger so that i could like yes. put into that and that i've had a job so that i've been able to yeah. like fund it that way um, I worked for like two years in my dance school's office and that helped me fund all my drama school additions, all of like food for the year that I spent in Edinburgh as well as part of my like accommodation. But uh, what was I even trying to say? I, like, <laughs> um, I'm really grateful to have, have had that foundation, but now to have to have had this year out because this year has been a really rough one for me personally and now that I've had that experience and I know what although I haven't been no way have I been in the industry 
but I have been trying to get involved myself, like been trying to involve myself, dipping a toe in, seeing what it's like. And it's made me realize how difficult it is, particularly if you were like someone, a graduate who had graduated without an agent, without like any sort of support, like that is rough. And like for people who like graduate from uni courses, and don't get that like who aren't even on spotlight i'm like my heart goes out to you because it's so mm. it's so tough and like um what was I even trying to say but i'm so grateful that i've had this year because it's given me sort of a perspective about what the industry can be like and that um drama school itself does bubble you you are going to be in a bit of a bubble and it's a great bubble because it's like an amazing learning environment. You're on your own little like drama school island and you just get to be creative and be around people who you love, hopefully, um, or be around people who support you and be around teachers who take care and nurture you. That's what you would hope. Um, but then like going into the industry can be... I've heard, I don't have a complete experience, but I guess it can be like a complete shock. And I think there are lots of people who say that like, the moment you start learning is the moment that you graduate. Yeah, it's the moment you throw yourself in there and and see. I went on a really big rant there. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's important. And the biggest thing is everyone's got including myself has to realize that everyone's experience is different and neither is better better or worse yeah and I feel like because like everyone can well I compare myself so much to a lot of people and I know a lot of people who compare themselves a lot to other people too so it's it it is difficult when when you go out and you'll see someone and next minute they're on Corey Mm -hmm. and you're like why didn't I get that role or whatever and I think you've just got to got to realize you've got to wait until your time comes exactly and that self-comparison thing is so unhealthy because like you are an individual and you are like your own person and even if someone does look the same as you or like has the same voice as you or like has a similar build to you you're still different people at the end of the day you've both had different experiences in life so you're both going to bring something different to your craft if we're going out say you're both going to have something different to your craft you're both going to have different experiences in life which is going to change your acting and you're both going to have completely different perceptions of the world because like everyone's individual perception of the world everyone's reality if we're getting into people places and things words everyone's reality is a different reality like i think that's a really interesting concept like just like philosophically (laughs) um, in general yeah no one knows what's going on in anyone's mind no no. i was thinking the other day i was like if if you (laughs) think this is so bad like my my thoughts are going crazy but um when you die essentially the whole world dies to you you know what i mean like um regardless of like beliefs and religions and only in terms of your mindset you know you know your mind 
everything and everything that you know that exists lives up in your mind. Um, yeah, this is, yeah, I don't want to preach about anything, but yeah, because you exist entirely in your mind. And, and, and that's, yeah, sorry, I mean to say, this is not like disproving any religion. I'm, I'm Christian myself, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, all, all religion and beliefs are valid. I'm just going on about, um, this is me just being like, weird. No, 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 you're not, it's not you being weird. <laughs> don't apologize. This is this is the theme for the day. Don't apologize. <laughs> You're not a failure. Um, what else? Um, this is a belief and an idea that you have. Go ahead. Yeah, and it's completely and valid. That, that, yeah, and it couldn't be. It could also not be valid. So you know, there's. But it's 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 the idea that everything and everything that you know exists currently in your in your head in your mind right now, and so that when you you pass everything that you know of the world sort of passes with it mm-hmm. and it's that sort of thing that it's your entirely your perspective so everything you've ever known is from your mind you've never known anything outside of your own mind because immediately it becomes one so you like people honestly have no idea what in my opinion what anyone is ever going through because you only know your mind, you know what I mean? I know exactly what I you mean. And it's difficult to explain. No, 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 that's <laughs> and I don't mean that makes to... perfect sense. Yeah. Like... And I don't want that to, like, offend anyone, like... No. I challenge... People challenge me, you know what I mean? But... But, well, I think no, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about. It's true in, in my mind that no one can know what's happening in your life. No one can know what's happening in your head, really. Unless they're a really good people reader. But, like, no one's ever going to know the specifics of it, if you get what I mean. Yeah, or how how deep you feel something. Yeah. Or, you know, like, so I think that's why when people compare things in terms of, like, oh, you're tired, you've had six hours sleep, I've not had any sleep. And you're like, yeah, but that person might never have experienced having no sleep. So for them, their experience of only seven hours sleep is probably, um, it might be or it might not be equal to the experience the person is having off no hours sleep. I don't know. But it's just, it's it's interesting to consider that. We never truly know someone, I suppose, is, is the biggest thing. But it, it's, I don't even know where I'm going with this. No, I've fine. been reading poetry, essentially. I've read, this is all, this has all come from this poem by Robin Flower, right? Do you want to read and it? Called, read it. Oh gosh, it's it's called Lovey Cerebrale. I don't know how to actually pronounce it. Um, <laughs> where are you? Imagine if it, I should know it as well. Um, I'll just read it. I know it by heart. Do it. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, that's no, absolutely fine. Do it. It's. I'm not even. I'm not gonna like read it properly. I'm just gonna say. It. Oh, here it is. I am alone. Alone. There is nothing. Only I. And when I will to die, all must be gone. Eternal thought in me puts on the dress of time and builds a stage to mime its listless tragedy. And in that dress of time and on that stage of space, I place change and replace life to a willful rhyme. I summon at my whim all things that are, that were, the high incredible air where stars my creatures swim. I dream and from my mind the dead, the living come. I build a marble room, I give it to the wind. 
Athens and Babylon, I breathe upon the night, Troy towers for my delight, and crumbles stone by stone. I change with white and green, the seasons hour by hour, I think it is a flower, think and the flower has been. Men, women, things, a stream that wavers and flows by. A lonely dreamer, I build and cast down the dream. And one day, weary grown of all my brain has wrought, I shall destroy my thought, and I and all be gone. There it is. I see where that's come from. That's really interesting. <laughs> that was like a sped through version as well. That's absolutely... But I... I think that's... I... <sighs> it is so, like... I, I, being an overthinker, and being someone who also plays a self-comparison game, like... It's, I think it's so, it is really important thing to remember that you never know what's going on in someone else's life. You never know what someone else's experiences of the world. And you know what? That makes us great. That makes the world, Mm. what makes the world so interesting because everyone has such a different experience of it. And I think it's a blessing that we're all trying to understand it. That's what's the beauty of acting because we never really know anyone outside of our own mind but the, the fact that we try to, I think that's a marvel to, to mankind, you know what I mean? Yeah. That we are, we are trying. We're not just uh, accepting it, you know? Yeah. And we're trying to, like, what's the word? Almost process the human experience. Like, I was watching... Um, yeah. Have you watched uh, The National Theatre's Frankenstein? Yes, yes. This is probably where that's come from as well because I've been having a lot of similar thoughts about this. This is what's so great <laughs> about theatre. It makes you have these conversations. I was th- I was watching the end of it yesterday. So basically, I I started watching it with my mum and we watched Benedict Cumberbatch as the creature. And then oh, yeah. they took that one off yesterday and I was planning to finish it yesterday and then like really, really quickly watch the other one as the creature. <laughs> but then so what we instead decided to do was we watched Benedict as the Cumberbatch Benedict the Cumberbatch. We <laughs> Benedict watched, is the Cumberbatch. We we watched Benedict as the creature for the first half, and then we watched um Johnny. Is it Jonathan O'Neill? What's his name? Yes, I'm Jonathan gonna go O'Neill? with. But honestly, um, but um, him as Franken, uh, the monster, the not the monster, the creature, for the second half, and it was so interesting. First of all, to see those completely different. Like, first of all, how you can take one character, same text, same play, same setting of the play, like, literally the same movements, but it can be taken in such a different way depending on the actor's choice, first of all. And then, the, the obviously, all the questions about morality and, like, what makes a human and that that bit at the end where he was talking about like like i i've now learned the greatest thing a human can do i've learned how to lie it's so like it's so heart-wrenching and also like to see like the different obviously like the different portrayals of that one character and like how that like how something so innocent can turn into something so cruel or how something so like brought up in a an evil world eventually just like comes to destruction like uh, the worst destruction possible yeah. it's so interesting to watch that first of all if this is making any sense but then second of all like to have like the audience experience that is like another level like i want to know people who actually got to see that completely live and saw both versions of it because they must have had such different experiences in the 
like in the theater and just yeah. like depending on what play you saw first you might have got something completely different out of it that's what i think is so cool about it it is interesting and that's why like we'll never run short of good actors because everyone brings their own their own voice i suppose and, and ideas and opinions and perspectives thoughts to yeah and that's what what's exciting about it and because like everyone reacts differently to different things oh yeah definitely that's what's great about us i don't know yeah but we're all capable of the same things you know what i mean yeah like we can all achieve different things and amazing things exactly and And a lot of the things that's (laughs) stopping us from achieving those things is just our own mindset hmm it is it is it is all about mindset i think i think that's a big difference between how you feel about yourself i don't think it influences success but how you feel about yourself and i think how you feel about yourself is how you feel about success you know what i mean yeah definitely i was i was what was i thinking about i don't i was listening i was listening to another podcast actually and i found it really useful mm. and it was it was it was called the Inside Out podcast, and it was Ooh. by this like, um, it, she's a, I think she's a dancer and a choreographer, and a bit of one of those like yogi namaste, and I'm, yes. I'm, all, I'm all for that life completely. <laughs> but it was a really interesting concept about outside in thinking and inside out thinking. So it's the idea outside in thinking is letting other people's perspectives like form you or other people, what other people do what other people do, what other people say, what other people, how other people react, allowing that to influence your reaction or just action. Whereas inside out thinking is thinking for yourself and allowing yourself to do what you want and think what you want and just be how you want to be and not give a crap about what everybody else thinks. They're just going to have to react to you or they can choose not to react to you because they're on in their own little planet. <laughs> And um, they were saying, think of something that you are um, really proud of, but other people may have, like, not appreciated it as much. Like, other people, like, you didn't get very much appreciation for it. Something that you're, like, but something you're really proud of. Now think of something that you're really not proud of, but other people love. Or you've got, like, really great feedback which one is more like um fulfilling for you and i think most people would say um the thing you're proud of but you don't get any credit for yeah and it's it's going back to that thing the i don't know i I think i've told you this quote before about making good cake yeah this is my i'm gonna explain it because i don't know whether i've explained it properly on the podcast um, this is a thing that my friend Lucy Hilton made up. Shout out to <laughs> the Durham Queen. Um, yeah. But she was, we were talking about like, I don't know, success or failure. Similar things we've been talking about today. Yeah. And like other people's perspectives, whatever. And she was like, well, what I like to think of is like, if you're doing like an audition or you're making a piece of work or whatever you're doing in life, it's like you're making this like mm, amazing cake. And, like, you put everything you want to into that cake. Get your butter, your flour, your sugar, literally everything. You shove it in. And you know, when that cake comes out the other, that it is, like, fucking glorious. And you're gonna, like, 
you're going to devour that cake or you, you're mm-hmm. going to share that cake with others and it's going to be amazing. And then that like, well done, the pat on the back, the congratulations after you made the best cake in the world is like the icing on the top. And some days people are going to like chuck heaps of chocolate icing at you and you're just going to be like, oh my God, this is incredible. One day mm-hmm. like they might get a professional baker to come and decorate it and you're like, this is a great cake. And other days, someone will just sprinkle some icing sugar on it. And you know what? This is a great cake too. And some days you'll get nothing. But it doesn't make that cake any less good. It's still an amazing cake. And you still got to believe in that amazing cake. And you can eat that cake. And give that cake to other people. Shove it down their throats. Maybe not Ooh. that. <laughs> because then they wouldn't enjoy the cake. Offer the cake to other people. Because you know it's a good cake. And hopefully other people will see it's a good cake one day. No, it is such a cute analogy. I love it. And I love that people keep adding on to it. The more people I tell, the more things keep coming out of the metaphor. Hiya, pals. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you want to support the podcast at all, we've got an Instagram. It's at Let's Talk Show Business. Um, you can also, like give us a rating or a review on iTunes or any other of your broadcasting apps that you allow you to do that that was absolutely crap, what on earth was that Hannah, I'm being really self deprecating today, I don't know why but I'll see you guys next week for I think the final episode of the series of the podcast Tear Cry Oh, right, bye